Welcome to Proudly Asian, a podcast series that tells bold and proud stories of Asians by Asians. I'm Isabel Wong, a financial journalist who wants to uncover the many Asian stories around us that are waiting to be told. There's never just one way to look at Asians. This podcast will take you through a deep dive into the life stories, struggles, and triumphs of young Asians around the world. On today's episode, we have Macanese Filipino-British digital marketer Jacqueline Garwood, who is currently based in Amsterdam. Born and raised in Hong Kong, Jacqueline will be talking about feeling like a perpetual foreigner and cravings for Asian food. Welcome to Proudly Asian, Jacqueline, and thank you so much for dialing in all the way from Amsterdam. And well, I mean, just to start things off, how are things over there in Amsterdam? Well, first off, thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so honored to be part of Proudly Asian. Um, please call me Jack throughout the rest of the podcast. I feel like I'm in trouble if you call me Jacqueline. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> but uh, no, Amsterdam is good. Um, I mean, I can't complain. We're still under like a partial lockdown. Like we still restaurants are still closed. Um, shops are open. Till five, um, but no, it's okay. I mean, I'm I'm such a homebody anyway, so I've just been staying home most of the time and just avoiding people, trying not to get COVID. I think oh, that's dear. the Hong Konger in me. To be fair, yeah, is it <laughs> now? Um, is it now pretty much the norm that people would get COVID? Because I remember previously when I was chatting with you, yeah, you, you knew someone who had COVID twice, <laughs> three times. Oh, three times. Oh, wow. <laughs> Ooh. No, but I mean, no, I, I, I do think that um, I, I, I do feel like maybe the way Europe is dealing with COVID is definitely different from how things are going in Hong Kong. I think most of the time, at least now, it feels like people are trying to live with it. Well, trying to or learning how to anyway. So, yes, I do feel like I've known a couple of people who have had COVID already. But the sentiment for everyone is like, oh, it's, you know, it's uh, maybe I'm down for a day or two, but. I'm I'm okay. Mm. And I'm like, okay, it's still very strange for me to hear. I think it's a bit of a culture shock coming from Hong Kong. Yeah. Because I think back home, we take it, you know, quite seriously. And, you know, once you have one case of COVID, the whole, whole building shuts, it shuts down. Pretty much. Yeah. I, I was also, I'm so used to how they deal with COVID here in Hong Kong because they have this whole yeah. zero COVID approach. Anyway, I hope the situation is going to get better because we do want to see you um, in this yeah. part of the world soon. <laughs> I know. I really miss you guys and I really miss home. So I hope things will get better. I mean, quarantine now back in Hong Kong is just crazy. Ooh, yeah. I mean, it's expensive. I think that's the thing as well. And it's really long mm. and just... Mm. I, I, we couldn't, you know, bring ourselves to do it. So yeah, twenty. I hope days. I hope it'll get better this year. Come on, I need to see you guys. I know, I know. Yeah. Well, thank you again um, for joining us for this podcast. And I know that we have a lot of questions around who you are and your identities mm -hmm. growing up mm -hmm. Asian today. And I'll just yep. get started. But um, first yes. things first. Um, could you tell us about your background? Um, who are you? What are you? And um, when did you grow up? Okay, so I grew up in Hong Kong my whole life, born and raised. Uh, my mom is Mechanese Filipino, 
and my dad is British. Um, so I'm not too sure a lot of people know what Mechanese is, because sometimes when I say that, they're like, who? <laughs> what is that? So I'm like, that's basically like Portuguese from Macau to ah. say, or like just people from Macau. Yeah. So my grandparents on my mom's side, but my grandma, her whole family is from Macau. They moved to Hong Kong. My granddad uh, was from the Philippines, but I think moved to Macau and moved to Hong Kong with my grandma. And that's basically how my family started here uh, in Hong Kong. Um, but yeah, so like I was saying, the whole shebang, I, I, I never left Hong Kong. Like even throughout my like uni, high school, primary school, everything was in Hong Kong. Work, I was in Hong Kong as well. Um, I did a semester abroad, but I don't know if we count that. Um, and this is the first time I've actually left Hong Kong for, not for good. I don't know how long I'll be here, but it's the first time I'm leaving Hong Kong for real. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, just to follow up, um, you also don't know much about Macau, despite your mom being half Macanese, right? I know that I know the food. I know <laughs> there's a lot of casinos in Macau. <laughs> <laughs> right, I see. So in a way, just to get the idea right, your mom is also a half Macanese Filipino. Yeah. I see, I yeah. see. So, so I guess I'm a quarter each. Mm. My math is bad, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> People I are going to grill me. <laughs> Breaking the bias here, because everyone just apparently thought Chinese or, or I don't know, like Asians are, are all good at maths, but not me. <laughs> <laughs> not me. <laughs> I can tell you, I failed math a lot. I needed to go to remedial class in primary school. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I almost failed my high school maths as well. Not proud, but what can oh I do? God, how dare you <laughs> make your parents proud? <sighs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> yeah, um, but how do people normally react um, when they know you are part Filipino, Macanese and British? Mm, I think most of the time in terms of first impressions, they know I'm not a hundred percent of something mm. so if, if people are curious they try to find a way to kind of get it out of me and ask me you know what I am or where I'm from most of the time they're quite polite but you get some people that are like where are you really from yeah. I've had that before like you hear that a lot and I'm like okay I can't believe it's happening to me <laughs> but I think um when I'm in Hong Kong locals tend to be quite straightforward so they're like oh they want who you right so like you're mixed right and I'm like yeah I am so you know that it's not like 100% something. And then they'll be like, okay, what's your other half? Or like, because mm. people in Hong Kong will assume that I'm half Chinese because I speak Cantonese. Mm. Um, so they're just, they just want to know what the other side is. Like, what kind of white am I? <laughs> like, you know, whatever. So I'm like, um, I mean, I guess I appreciate that they're straightforward sometimes. Because if you take the whole where you really from route, you can you can go on forever. And I'm like, Okay, let's like end this here. But it's it's not even with strangers. Like sometimes, um, even with my family, like my brother and I are seen as the guaymoy and the guaylo because we look different. So like the the my mom's side of the family, we most of them they of course Asian. They're like look little Filipino. Um, my brother and I are like uh, they, we obviously stick out. Mm. So sometimes they'll say funny stuff like I love eating spicy food and stuff like that. So they would sometimes say, oh, Guay Mui sick, sick. Well, like Guay Mui knows how to eat. You know how to eat spicy food? I'm like, <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> like, I, I don't, don't know, know what to say to that. Didn't know palate was um, also racially specific. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm like, okay, this is very funny and this is very strange, but 
Okay. I mean, love them to death. It's really funny. Like I, I, I know how to laugh it off and stuff, mm. but it's something I come across even with my fam. Like you just mentioned, it's at least nice. People would wait for you to answer or would actually ask you, what other half are you? Because most of the time, some people's experience would be like, they would look at you mm. and um, they would not even bother asking that, oh, um, what are you really? Uh, or, or uh, hey, mm-hmm. where are you from? And then they stop and wait for you to answer. Sometimes they would be like, okay, you don't speak Chinese. Let me guess. Um, you are <laughs> Korean. You are Japanese. And I was like, hmm, would you let me answer that? <laughs> Do you get that a lot as well? Um, yeah. Sometimes even before I start speaking, they would be like, oh, I don't know. Like they would just judge who you are based on your appearance, right? Like, oh, yeah. um, you have fair skin. You must be Korean. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, look at your skin tone. You look super white. You're Korean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. And yeah, I mean, I have have had when I was on some of the um, MC gigs and those makeup artists, they read your face before they do your makeup. And yeah. they also, I don't know, they, they also somehow make a lot of assumptions. I mean, nothing against them. But then sometimes I've got a makeup artist who would ask me throughout a course of like eight days, every day she would do my makeup and be like, are you sure you're not Korean? I'm like, I am pretty sure. <laughs> I don't understand that when people are just like, you're sure you're not this? Are you very sure? Because I really think you're this. And I'm like, I don't know. Did you give birth to me? Like, I... (laughs) Yeah, I mean, a lot of the times they just get so confused because maybe apparently the person in front of you is completely out of what they know or what they can imagine. But they're just like, well, I mean, there's a lot more options and possibilities out there um, that are not within your imagination. Mm -hmm. I know. It's just it's really funny how people... Um, react to it sometimes you get people who are very sensitive to it they know how to approach the topic and you get some that are like no I think you're this you must be this there's no way yeah (laughs) well yeah and another experience that is shared by many um, half Asians or part Asians or, or even Asians who are not from or born and raised in Asia is that they never feel like they are part of wherever they are so mm-hmm. did you experience the same as well for example people might think you're not Filipino enough to be Filipino and the same goes for your other identities yeah Absolutely. I mean, I don't feel British at all. Like I've never lived in the UK. Um, I'm closer to my mom's side. Of the I was brought up with my mom's side of the family. So I never really had that uh, influence of, you know, being British or, you know, all that. So I don't feel that at all. Um, I mean, I've never, the only time I've been to London was probably a couple months ago and like a couple years back as well. I've only been twice. So there's no way so whenever someone's like, oh, Guaymui knows how to do this. Oh, Guaymui loves eating fish and chips. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I don't feel it, but all right. But I mean, also, I, I really, I do definitely relate to my Asian side more. Um, just because I was brought up in Hong Kong. Like I was saying, brought up with my mom's side of the family as well. But at the same time, I don't feel entirely Mechanese or Filipino. Because, you know, I grew up with the food. I grew up with the customs, the traditions. But I don't speak the language, for example. Like, I can't speak Patswa, which is what, like, my my Mechanist side of the family can speak. I don't speak Tagalog as well. Though I have heard that I can speak Tagalog when I'm drunk. Mm. Though I don't know this. I cannot confirm. We'll have to get other people to confirm this. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, I know. I'm just like, I don't know. Apparently, my brother and I speak very well. <laughs> <laughs> but... 
can you understand um, Tagalog? Like, would your mom speak to you in Tagalog and then you just respond in English? No, so uh, I do understand it more than I can speak. I feel um, my mom can speak Tagalog, uh, but I she doesn't speak Tagalog with me. So really, on my with my family, I speak English and Cantonese the most. Mm. So there are a few words here and there that are. Um, uh, that are probably Tagalog and in Patois with my family. Mm. Uh, but most of the time, we really just use um, English and Cantonese, for example. When I'm with my friends, though, uh, I-, I do have a lot of um, Filipino friends. Shout out to my friends. Um, but yeah, like with them, we like speak Tagalog as well. Or at least I try to learn and, you know, I try to speak like here and there. Um and my uh, my best friend's dad, uh, hi Tina, hi Villarreal's, um, he speaks to us in Tagalog too. And I'm like, I appreciate you. Let me learn. So <laughs> I try. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I, I think it, it's also a phenomenon. I, I don't know. I'm sure it happens in, in other places where, you know, multiple languages are, are spoken within the same place or, or city. But in Hong Kong, yeah. at least, it's quite common that like even with like Hong Kongers, local Hong Kongers, um, they don't completely speak 100% Cantonese um, during daily conversations. Yeah. Like they were include some English words. For example, like I, I don't know, um, what would be an example? Like if they ask someone, oh, have you had lunch yet? They would be oh, like, sick lunch or lunch may. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 I love that actually. It's just, it's so, you. it's so unique. I mean, it, like you were saying, yeah, it's not always entirely Canto. It's not always entirely English. It's always a mix of both. Um, the only thing is with Cantonese, I also have some limitations with that because if you were to ask me to watch the news in Canto, I wouldn't understand what they were saying mm. at all. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, what? Like when it comes to anything formal, you're asking me to like listen to press conference and stuff like that, for example, I have no idea what people are saying. Mm-hmm. So that's also like a limitation. I see. Yeah, but at least you you got the Cantonese that would get you through ordering food, telling your taxi drivers where you're going. And I think that's the most important part, actually. Oh, no. Yeah. So it's 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 definitely so much easier. It has made life so so much easier, like learning Cantonese, like growing up. Um, I mean, it also helps in terms of just making friends with locals as well. Because uh, they they do they are more comfortable when you do speak Cantonese. I I have realized that as well, and that's fair, right? I mean, like it's the language that they speak, um, and yeah, it's just sometimes I'm like, what are you guys saying? Like when they talk about pop culture, I'm like, I don't know what you guys are talking about. But <laughs> most of the time, it's fine. I see. And you absolutely don't know anything about Canto pop, or is your knowledge is just within maybe in the nineties? It's funny that you say that because I was just about to say, like, I grew up with my cousins listening to like Sammy F4, but F4 is not Canto. Uh, but like, yes, <laughs> See, I'm getting my people mixed up. But yeah, like my cousins would always listen to um, music like that. Um, but also like the older generation as well. Like my mom and them would listen to, um, uh, what are they called? Beyond. Oh, I yeah I I it's yeah. a band right yeah them and then there's also like um Anita Moy mm. like the legends you know like Leslie all of that so like I I really do feel like it's because I grew up around that but now with the new I'm like who's Mirror 
Who are they? <laughs> well, you I'm kind of like, have to know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, why are they everywhere? Like, I know my little nephew, who's like four or five, is obsessed with one of the guys for beer. And I'm like, who are these guys that just popped up all of a sudden and like took over Hong Kong by storm overnight, it seems. And they're everywhere. McDonald's, the banks. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's nice there's actually a, a newish local boy band that's popping up after the city being taken over by K-pop or J-pop oh, true. back in the day. True. So yeah, it's interesting. But what I do remember is that there used to be some Yes card. So that's... Oh. Um, yeah. Oh my god, yes. Those yes cards that you would get from like those machines. What do they even call? Like you put two dollars in, well, two dollars back then, and then you like twist it and then the yes card would come out. Yeah. I would collect those and not know half the people. <laughs> like I was just happy to have like a collection of yes cards. I would just share it with my cousins. Yeah, I mean sharing with the cousins, that's how you used to bond. And um normally like that's when like Aaron Quad yes. Ethan Chan would pop up yes. um in those yes cards. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my God. I haven't heard of those in so long. Yes cards. Oh my God. It just brought me back to the 90s real quick. <laughs> well, moving on to the next question. Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, as you mentioned, you, you're half white and yeah. white privilege is a thing one way or another, especially in yeah. Asia. So do you ever get the assumption from others that because you are half white, you get treated yeah. a little bit more favorably? This was actually such a good question because I honestly never thought about it myself. And that's something I discussed with Daryl as well, my fiance. (laughs) But like, um, yeah, I mean, if I have experienced like favorable behavior, I might not have noticed, which is also a problem in itself because I didn't see it for myself. Um, I mean... I would love to ask all my friends or like my colleagues as well if they've noticed anything because from my side, I, I, I mean, I don't remember anything. I don't have any recollection of feeling, you know, white privilege. If anything, I call it out, which is really funny. I'm just like, I don't like it when this happens to like, da, 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 da. I mean, <clears throat> if I were to think of an instance, the only thing I would think about is like, for example, whenever work needed an international face, then they would bring me into the mix. They'd be like, oh, we need someone who like, shows like that international side of our company i'm like okay like let me just go in and (laughs) speak english and cantonese let's go (laughs) (laughs) and um yeah that's that's an interesting point as well because i mean you used to work in hong kong and you did service some asian clients as well yeah did you ever notice that for asian clients when they see a bunch of names they would always assume the one with a white name to be a more senior person hmm That is a good one because I must admit myself that I would think that sometimes, Mm. honestly, like I I don't know what, I don't know why that is. I don't know what it is, but whenever I see like a last name, I would assume, okay, like this must be someone that's like senior leadership maybe or something. And I'm like, but why is that? Like, I actually don't know myself. I must admit, like, why do I think like that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I, I I don't have an answer to it, but I, I think just some general observations, even when I was talking to a senior management, she's a female in the banking yeah. and finance industry. And then she, she mentioned how back in the day or even these days, whenever she would attend maybe potential client meetings with her other maybe white male colleagues who are actually more junior than her, yeah. the people on the client side would be like, oh, hey, um, that must be your boss, right? But then... She would be like, well, 
you you are speaking to her. I am the boss. <laughs> it's like yes, it doesn't matter what the color of my skin is. I am the boss. Yeah, yeah. So,、um, but I think like I'm. I, I must say like even though I have like a last name that's not Asian, um, one thing that would sway people is that I just look like a kid. Like I look young. Right, I have a baby face. I don't think with my face they're gonna be like she's the boss. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're gonna look at me and she's be like she's the intern. That's what she is. Aww, a, thir- a thirty year old intern. <laughs> you might appreciate that a little bit more when you're fifty, though. <laughs> I'm I'm waiting on it. I'm hoping on it, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and despite what you mentioned earlier, your racial identities、mm-hmm. and how others see you as,、yeah. uh, what what do you see yourself as? What do you think? Where do you think you belong? Hmm. Um. Well, like I said, um, I don't feel British at all. Uh, but I do relate to my Filipino Mekinese roots,、um, and I do consider myself a Hong Konger, despite sometimes people telling me that you know I'm not. Otherwise, oh my gosh, I hope we have time. But basically, like I, I remember, and I'll never forget as well, like just having an argument with a uni professor because we were in a class called、um, I don't remember what the class was called, but it was something about Hong Kong culture and Hong Kong identity. And I was, of course, one of the only ones that were not Chinese, like Hong Kong Chinese. So she pointed me out, started asking me about, you know, how do I identify? Do you think I'm?、Uh, do you think you're a Hong Konger? Whatever, all that stuff. I'm like, yeah, I do. I am a Hong Konger. I was born and raised here. I was brought up here. Then she goes and asks me, okay, but do you have、um, <clears throat> three stars on your like ID card? I have no idea what that means. But I was like, um, no, I don't. And then she goes, okay, so you're not a Hong Konger then. And I was just so upset, like me and her, like we went back and forth. And I'm like, who are you to tell me what I am and what I'm not? Like I was born and raised here.、Um, Hong Kong is my home. It's my life. I'm a Hong Konger through and through. And how are you just standing there in front of the class, like in front of my like you know my classmates, telling me that I'm not a Hong Konger just because I don't have something on my ID card?、Mm. And like I think I. Because I was so pissed, I went to research. I was like, "What the heck is all these stars that she's talking about on your ID?" And I think it just had something to do with me not having a Chinese name, oh, or something like that. Wow. Or or it was something else, or it was something to do with um <clears throat> not having a passport. Maybe that was a Hong. I I don't know. It was one of those things. And I was just like, "This is should not you know this should not reflect how I feel or how I identify though." Yeah. Like. I was really upset. I was stupid. I was I was really sad actually as well. Just to hear people say, you know, it, it's it's something I've known forever. Hong Kong is the only place I've known, and just to hear someone shut me down、mm. because I don't have something, they're like, it, it was really upsetting. And I mean, it Hong Kong is my home, and it always will be.、Um, you know, I speak the language, even though I don't read or write it. Like you know, it's. It's what I know. It's what I am.、Mm-hmm. But yet, Hong Kong forever and ever. <laughs> That's yeah.、Me. I mean, I, I can definitely relate to that feeling where you feel a little bit traumatized because、uh, someone who apparently doesn't know your life story and and who doesn't know、yeah. you that much, like rejecting、yeah. your identity, and and it's it's a huge thing、um, because you spend all your life within the city, and and some random stranger just comes in and be like, yeah, you don't belong to this place, and then it's just like, okay, if I don't, then where is my home? <laughs> Yeah, I'm like,、uh, where do I live then? Like, I don't know where to go. Otherwise, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I really do hope people would be a little bit more mindful in in that sense that they don't reject. Basically, you don't know this person in front of you. Why would you yeah. be in the place to judge what this person tells you、um, is true or not? Exactly. And I just feel like you shouldn't base it off how people look. Like maybe、mm. they might not look. Like your typical like Hong Kong Chinese resident, but they're still Hong Kongers. Like, don't shut them down. Don't don't say that they're something they're not. Like, you don't know who they are. You don't live their life. I just, I wish some people like not all, not all people are like this. I feel like most of the people I've come across have been super nice and like understanding. It was just a couple that I'm like, I just remember wanting to shut down so hard and just got so mad, but. Yeah, yeah.、Um, I've I've been through the same, and every time I get questions like that, I would just sort of go into this black hole, questioning who am I, where、yeah. am I from, what、exactly. am I, <laughs> what am I really? <laughs> It's an identity crisis. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They just、um, happen a little bit more often for Asians who probably don't look like what they are or where they are from as well. So it's yeah, it's sad sometimes. But、yeah. I do want to ask about part of your identities,、um, which is、mm-hmm. being Filipino, right? Because、mm-hmm. in Hong Kong, there is a significant presence of domestic helpers from the Philippines and Indonesia、um, who are unfortunately denied permanent residency, no matter how many years they have been in the city.、Yeah. So a very common perception among Hong Kongers or among the locals、mm-hmm. would be that all Filipinos in the city are domestic helpers. Obviously, it's not yeah. true. Yeah. But what was your experience growing up with a Macanese Filipino mother in Hong Kong? Yeah, for sure. And I feel like before we get into it, I really just have to say, like, first off the bat, you know, I really respect anyone who has had to leave home, you know, either the Philippines or Indonesia or wherever, just to like make ends meet. Like they're coming to a completely different environment, like Hong Kong, for example. They don't know anyone. They just have to go straight to work, you know, to um. To make a living and give back to their families, so it's incredibly difficult. But you know they have to do what they have to do. So, just I really respect that.、Um, and yeah, my mom's amazing. She、uh, she was a single mom, so she brought up you know both my brother and I herself.、Uh, she wouldn't take any shit. Like until now, she's like this, and I feel like unfortunately I've also grown. With- <laughs> Like I think I get most of my characteristics from her. Sometimes it's like a a blessing and a curse. But I mean, like, thanks, mom. I also know how to like take care of myself as well. But I remember, you know, growing up,、um, <clears throat> just like just going back to one of your statements or your questions, saying that a lot of people think Filipinos equal like domestic helpers. It was like、um, she came to pick me up from school a day from primary school, and I think you know either there were pa- other parents or aunties that were like openly discussing it or. You know they were eyeing my mom because obviously we look different in a way. Like I looked like a little white mixed girl, and she was, you know, like a Filipino mom. And like she, you know, she, I was just, just why? Like why do you have to eye her? You have to like openly be like, oh, she's the helper of this little child. Like I just don't understand why.、Um, but I don't remember this part. But my mom would always remind me that I would openly just be like, hey, mom, you know, like to shut the aunties up. <laughs> Hey mom, what are we doing after school? Hey mom, are we going home now? Or like, what are we doing? Are we going to like grandma's house? Oh, I didn't really. <laughs> and I just, I, I, I know I'm just like always like defending and like being there for my mom through and through. But I mean, it's crazy though because I, I think 
local Hong Kongers are just accustomed to thinking Filipinos are domestic helpers just because maybe they don't come across a lot in their everyday life, except for maybe their helper, who is essentially part of their family. I hope they treat them like part of their family because they're, you know, you're living with your boss. Think of it that way. Like, that's hard. And I mean, you know, there's so many in the community that are in the creative industries, they're entrepreneurs, they're in academia, they're in hospitality industry, they're like in finance, they're in banking, which is so right. They're so like talent, talented community, you know, and it's just it's I don't know why they have to be part of a little bubble. Mm. Um, yeah. But that again, ha- it comes down to I don't know. I don't know. Is it is it education? Is it just opening people's minds? I don't know what it is. I just it's just the history, maybe. I wonder about that as well. But it's very nice of you um, that you, you did that as a little kid. And <laughs> to hear that story, it's, it's sad in a way because your mom got judged for sort of not being good enough to be the mom of a little kid who looks white, mm. which is completely ridiculous. But since you grew up with your mom, what mm-hmm. did breakfast look like growing up? And what are some of the common home-cooked dishes that you would get? Oh, Like myself, I think my breakfast and my home-cooked meals were definitely a mix of all the different cuisines. Like my mom would, you know, breakfast could be toast with baked beans, eggs, and bacon. We could have like soldiers with like, you know, chopped cut up bread and like dipped in like soft boiled eggs that's like something I still have to this day but like uh, other times it could be like fried noodles it could be like rice roll like chung fun oh my Mm. god I miss chung fun so much like just thinking about it now (laughs) but yeah like stuff like that and then you know oh my god I like I'm I love this topic so much they're gonna make make me miss everything like all my favorite (laughs) foods but basically like growing up I had like Mechanese favorites like Minji or like Bafasa. So these are like, um, would love to introduce you to them one day if you haven't had it yet already. Yes, by the way. Yeah, (laughs) like for sure. And then we also had like Filipino favorites, such like, of course, adobo is in it, sinigang, you know, um, bonset, like all the good stuff. But there's also like classic Hong Kong dishes too, just like everything. Like right now, what I crave the most is like tamzai. I know that's not your classic oh. Hong Kong dish, but it's only something I can get back home. And I'm like trying so hard to recreate it here and just like not getting it right. So it's like all that like really good stuff I miss. Like, but yeah, my my palate is obviously more Asian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I love that Asian food. And but yeah, um, yeah, that's kind of how food looked like for me growing up. I see. Yeah. And you got to introduce me to Macanese food more when, when you're sure. you around. But I, sure. I also want to talk about despite Filipinos being part of the Hong Kong population, right? And um, my yeah. observation is that most non-Filipino Hong Kongers don't know what Filipino food is. Do, do you mm. have the same observation? Not just Filipino food, but more like Macanese food. Do they have any yeah. biases against, you know, what these yeah. foods are? I feel like... At least with Filipino food, I don't know if the cuisine is really known with the locals. Like we do have a lot of Filipino restaurants, um, but well, not a lot, I suppose, but they are, they keep popping up in Hong Kong, which is really great to see. With Mechanese food, we've had like, I don't know if you remember this or if you've seen this before, but there was that like Macau restaurant that was a really big thing like years ago. Hmm. I think they were trying to like introduce Mechanese food to Hong Kongers. But it wasn't like the food I grew up with a lot. Like it was kind of like a fusion. Like I don't know how to explain it. But um, uh, 
I would say that maybe people know Macanese food more compared to Filipino. If we had to compare the two, but they're missing out. Like Filipino food is great. Like I love it so much. The funny thing, my observation is that Filipino food tends not to be super spicy. They don't tend to use a lot of spices. Is that true? Oh, I don't know. I've never cooked it. People cook it for me. Mm. Oh, my auntie's not. You know, I am trying to learn how to make adobo myself, though. Mm. I know it's one of, people say it's one of the easiest things to make. But even for my mom, she said it took her years to kind of figure it out the right, you know, spices and all that stuff. But, uh, oh my God, it's, yeah, I love it. I feel like, I, I don't know. Is it a lot of, do they do use a lot of spice? Vinegar, for sure. Mm. That's like okay. a must. I mean, just yeah. forget my, my previous remarks then. I think I, I was probably... <laughs> no, I, I mean, maybe I I'm a, wrong. <laughs> I had a wrong observation. But then whenever I think of Filipino food, I just feel like those are the kind of food that that just tastes like comfort food. Or if you, yeah. it's on a cold day and you need something cozy, Filipino food could, could do the job. No, absolutely. Oh my God. I just feel so warm and like, oh my God. Like I remember uh, before I left... Uh, and yeah, like my best friend's dad would cook us like all these really good Filipino home cooked meals. And I'm like, thank you more, please, sir. <laughs> like, it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. My favorite is like, if it's a cold day. My favorite would be Sini Gang. Oh my gosh. And I, you're part of the Sini Gang. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And I still remember when I was traveling in Palawan, that day I was super tired because I had an early day. Um, We had an early morning flight to catch. And when I got to the hotel, the first thing that I had was this like pork belly adobo and it was the best. And I paired it with Sinigang. Oh Oh my God, it is so good. Like I just, I can't, I'm just like thinking about it. Just, oh my God. And like breakfast could be like bundesal with coffee, like, Mm. I don't drink coffee, but to have it together, I'm like, okay, yes, please give me that Nescafe three in one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And um, Ube as well. It's so good. Oh my God, Ube is so good. Oh my God. Yeah. It's so good. One thing I don't understand why is that Jollibee in Hong Kong doesn't do Ube pies. Huh? Did they not? No. Why, how do, how, why do I feel like I've had Ube pie before? I feel like Jollibee in Hong Kong did it for like a trial period. I remember having it with my cousins like last year. Okay, then ago. you were one of the lucky ones then. Uh, apparently, I mean, I never <laughs> saw it available. I don't know. Yeah, it's always like, man- is it mango pie? Yes, yes. The one that's in Hong Kong? Oh, yeah. And they but, would oh even God, do this like tuna pie. And I was just, I remember looking at the menu and be like, seriously, <laughs> you make tuna pies, but not ube pie. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the ube pie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I do want to ask, um, how's the Asian food scene in Amsterdam? Because you moved to Amsterdam last summer. Um, To be fair... I've only gone to like uh, one of the dim sum places, which was okay. It was nice. Of course, you can't compare it to what you have back home. But um, I would say that since coming here, we've been trying to cook our favorite meals from back home here. So, um, well, Daryl especially, like he's such a chef. Like he made his own siomai, like made his own um, choyo bao and like... Where I, I was super happy. I also made like the salt and pepper squid. That's like one of my favorite things. So we're really experimenting and making our own meals a lot. Like we made bozai fan as well, like the other week. <laughs> um, and I feel like, I mean, another thing as well that is kind of 
making us cook more is it's quite expensive to eat out here. Mm. I mean, like just eating in restaurants or like takeaway, um, it costs quite a lot in, in in Amsterdam. So we thought, okay, you know what, we can. It's it actually is cheaper to make our own food at home anyway, and we know what goes in it, and we know how we like it. So it's you know. Win-win, I guess. Mm. We're like practicing our cooking skills at the same time getting to eat what we like to eat. Mm. Would it be very difficult to find? I mean, Chinese food, generic Chinese food, I'm sure um, it could kind of easily be found in Europe, right? But yeah. um, if when it comes to more specific Asian cuisines like Filipino, would it be sort of impossible mm-hmm. at this stage? I still haven't found a Filipino restaurant. I don't know if I'm looking at the wrong places or what, but I swear, like, since I arrived, I've been trying to find, like, Filipino store, Filipino grocery store. Like, where are you? I want to buy my snacks. I want (laughs) to buy the food. Like, I just need to... If anyone here is from Amsterdam or the Netherlands and listening, can you please share in the comments section? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I want to know, like, please share because I actually don't know where to go. Yeah. And I I feel like in Europe, a lot of the times they, I mean, I'm not saying they can't get their head um, around. There's so many different Asians out there, but uh, I feel Uh like a lot of the times all these specific food ingredients from different Asian cultures just got merged into this one Asian mart (laughs) in town. (laughs) you mean like in restaurants or in the supermarkets or both like yeah both both like um sometimes you go to chinese restaurants and you see korean dishes Thai as well food. Yeah. yeah yeah i've noticed that too and i'm like oh this is a fusion restaurant i don't understand what i'm seeing on the menu but okay <laughs> yes um but other than the food part um mm-hmm. how, how has it been um living in amsterdam for you because you mentioned it's your first time moving out yeah. of asia yeah it's it's been hard. I mean, I mean, at the very beginning, it was really hard. It was, you know, my first time moving away from you guys, like my friends, my family. Um, and, you know, it's not the same as when I was on exchange, because when I was on exchange, I knew I would come back, mm. you know, after a certain period of time. And here I was like, oh, no, I don't know what time when I'll be able to go home, you know. Um, but, you know, it, I feel like the festivities are really hard. Like Christmas just, you know, Christmas was hard for me. I have I have a huge family. Like my mom has 13 brothers and sisters. I have like over 20 cousins. So they all got together for Christmas and we FaceTimed. They put me on the TV. Like they saw me ugly cry. You know what? I was good. I was good until I saw my nephews. <laughs> I saw my nephews. I was like, no. I started like crying and like... um. Yeah, like those are my babies. I'm like, you know, not there to watch them grow. I can only see them grow through like photos and videos. And I'm always like, will they remember who I am? <laughs> will they remember their auntie Jack Jack? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, I'm like, yes, they will. I probably like, I'll, I'll be back soon, sooner yeah. before I know. But I mean, um, you know, I'm also missing Chinese New Year as well. So I'm going to miss that. Uh, but, you know, I don't hate it mm. as well. Like, I think it was quite a good it was it was a nice change as well to move from Hong Kong to Amsterdam like right now I you know I love my job uh the people here are like really nice they're straightforward but they're really nice so like what people say about the judge is true but like um you know when you're in Hong Kong for example if someone comes in the lift no one will say anything just like Mm. on your phone you like ignore but when you're here people are like oh hey how are you oh good morning oh have a good day if you fall off your bike, they're going to be like, are you okay? 
because I fell off my bike like, oh. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> You're trying to figure it out. And they they would always stop and be like, hey, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. Thank you so much for taking looking after me. Oh, so nice. Yeah, it's quite different from Hong Kong because, I mean, even if you fall off the bike or if something happens to you, like Hong Kong people yeah. might stop one or two seconds to to check out what happened to you but then they wouldn't even come up to you and and offer to help and I also often find myself that you know still like after many years in Hong Kong I, I tend to want to thank the bus driver or the tram driver when I get off yeah. the tram or the yeah. bus but sometimes when I do yeah. that they actually look at me weird and be like why uh, <laughs> yeah I mean that, that's I know what you mean I know what you mean because like whenever I would get off the minibus especially because you have to like you know everyone leaves at the last time I'll be like oh mkwai sai yeah sometimes you get nothing they'll just be like yeah Sometimes you'll be like, oh, I'm sai ha, hey, I'm sai la, or like whatever. And I'll be like, oh, they're so nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, things. <laughs> yeah, I think like bus drivers and, and especially tram drivers are just not used to it. But yeah. I mean, it's kind of the norm to, to thank the drivers when you get off public transportation in the UK. Yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. I, I feel like it was, it, it was definitely, it was a culture shock, I think, because I'm like, why are people so talking? Why are people talking to us? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's nice though it's it's super nice that people are like willing to make like little small talk here and there exactly yeah um yeah. but i want to talk about uh, you did mention dutch people are very straightforward right like mm-hmm. I, I remember mm-hmm. in one of the previous episodes with um, one of my guests we did chat a little bit about the different patterns or styles of communications at work mm-hmm. between like asians and westerners and mm-hmm. my guest did make the observation that with you know when you're communicating with colleagues who are asian you, you have to use this softer and gentle approach like for example if you're pointing out a mistake you'd be like um this might not be right could we revisit this could we look at this again but when you're working with your colleagues who you know who came from a more western background you could just be like okay this is wrong um let us get get this fixed (laughs) and and we need this by when but but apparently this kind of communication style doesn't work very well within the asian community are you seeing this kind of difference as well I feel like I see that in myself as well. I mean, like, it's a mix because I, like, compared to others, I'm also, as you know, I'm quite outspoken. But at the same time, I'm also very sensitive. So I'm like, when people are talking to me, it's like, okay, cool. But like you were saying, um, uh, with work, for example, they can be quite straightforward. Like, they'll be like, no, 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 like, this doesn't work. Like, that, 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 that. And then, like, my sensitive ass would be like... (laughs) oh my god like I'm I'm letting my team down like you know at one point I was like crying to my boss as well she's like the best by the way I was crying because I was like I feel like I've let the team down like they're so mean like I don't I feel like it's my fault and she's like okay first of all breathe like this is you know it it's out of your control like you're overthinking it you know which is what I do a lot and I mean She's like, yes, they're straightforward, but also it's not like towards you. It's just like the situation, you know, like it, it, you just need to learn how to, well, at least it's something that I'm trying to do as well. I'm trying to learn how to kind of separate my emotions from like the situation when it comes to work as well. Because like you said, um, there's like the soft approach and there's also the straightforward approach and people here, which I also appreciate, they don't want to waste time. So they tell you how it is. And sometimes, of course, um, it can be frustrating. Like situations can be like annoying and all that stuff. 
And obviously when people rant, it's to the situation and not to you. Like I have to remind myself I'm not doing a bad job. Don't take it personally. But of course I do. <laughs> like it takes, it's hard to shake off. So I feel like I have a little bit of mix in me where I'm like, I like that straightforwardness, but sometimes it gets to me as well, where it's like, do I need that soft approach? <laughs> yeah, but I do think sometimes it's not just strictly cultural. Um, it, It's based on personality as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I've met some exactly. maybe white colleagues who also prefer that soft approach, but it was a good tip from you. Like you mentioned, we, we should like not take things too personally and, and separate, you know, emotions from work conversations. Um, Normally it, it works wonders. Like you tend to have less bad days at work if you take that approach. <laughs> I'm just, I'm I'm honestly still trying. It's a hard one. I feel like yeah. it's definitely a long process to like kind of get into that groove of really separating, you know, your mm. personal emotions with like just the work situations. Um, but yeah, I just feel like you. <laughs> I say you, but it's like me. Like you can't be so sad and sensitive all the time when like something doesn't go your way. Like it's something start out of your control. Um, don't take it to heart. Yeah, it's yeah. also part of the process of um, growing up. Exactly. But you you also mentioned after you moved to Amsterdam, um, you also mm-hmm. mentioned you were told you, you looked Asian by people. Was it kind of like a shock to you? <laughs> because um, for years in Hong Kong, you got told you, you are a gui mui. You, you got told, um, you know, you look white or half or something. No, actually, I wasn't surprised because no matter where I am, I'm like... <laughs> I feel like I'm constantly viewed as a foreigner until people get to know me because like I'm Asian to Westerners, but then I'm a Guaymu to Asians. So, you know, I- I'm thankful that people don't treat me any different, you know, most of the time, just based off like the way I look. It, it shouldn't be the case anyway. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I was saying earlier, when I started speaking in Canto, for example, back in Hong Kong, people are more comfortable around me. And like, No, I'm not surprised at all. Like, I feel like that's something that not just me, but a lot of people who are mixed come across anyway. Like they're neither here nor there. And people are like, you're not this or you're not that. And it's just a constant struggle that we live with. Ah, dear. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for us to move to the next micro segment, which is... Yes. Rapid Bias. In this segment, I'll be asking my guests biased questions they have got asked at some point in life and also some common biased questions against Asians. So, Jack, are you ready? Always. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. First question. Are all Filipinos in Hong Kong domestic helpers? No. What gave you that assumption? Oh, you're from Hong Kong. So you speak Japanese? Hi, arigato. Fluent. But where are you really from? I'm really from Hong Kong. Are you wondering why I look different? Be straightforward. (laughs) But you are white. How can you be from Hong Kong? I'm white? I always thought I was more olive. (laughs) How do you speak English so well? (laughs) Because it's the only language I've ever known. (laughs) And why are there so many Filipinas that end up with guelos? I don't know. Let me ask my mom. <laughs> She's gonna hate me. Wow. Guai Mui Sik Sik War. Well, it'd be a damn shame if I didn't know how to sing. <laughs> Filipino food is weird. Shut up and eat, Buska. 
And you're not Filipino or British enough to be Filipino or British. Yet here we are. We can't fight genetics. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That was so funny. And for our audience who are not familiar, what does "buisika" mean? It's like like so annoying. Like just <laughs> is it is it like, like annoying? It, is it essentially uh, maybe it means the same as um, eat shit? <laughs> oh no! Like I know I learned this word from my friends actually. So whenever they did something annoying, and they'd be like "buisika." <laughs> So you're saying like so annoying. Like, oh, that's a really fun word to say. <laughs> that that was really fun. Um, but before we wrap up the conversation, I just want to ask if there are any final thoughts or nuggets of wisdom that you picked up along the way that you want to leave our audience with. Mm, I think for sure it's just you know have fun getting to know the people that you come across. You know, because you'll they'll have stories and experiences that you've never been through before. Um, they might have some crazy story that's super interesting just to get to know them, you know. And I mean, it's a no-brainer. We're living in 2022. People should know this. But like we were saying throughout our conversation, it's don't base assumptions off where people are from or the color of their skin. Preach it. Like we can be curious, but also like just be mindful or sensitive or of what you're asking people about their identity. Like we were saying as well, like just know how to get your question across without sounding like an ass, basically. Yeah. And, you know, listen to this podcast. Woohoo! There's more than one type of Asian. Listen to all our stories. Yay. And finally, <laughs> what does it mean to be a proud Hong Konger? Honestly, like just loving my home, my city. You know, I'm Hong Kong through and through, you know, despite everything that's going on. Like we're resilient, we'll push through, you know, I miss everything about home, the people, the food, the views, you know, and I, I can't wait to go back to visit. So that's what it's like for me to be a proud Hong Konger. Ooh, I can't wait to see you in person again. I can't wait to see you too. Thank you so much for chatting with us, Jag. Of course. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. It was so much fun. That's it for this episode of Proudly Asian. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at proudly.asian for more content. We are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. Signing off for now, I'm Isabel Wong.